Well, we're glad to have you watching live stream tonight uh, from Ocean County Baptist Church. Uh, we're going to look in Psalm 130. So if you have your Bibles ready for our time of Bible study tonight, we want to open up to Psalm 130. And uh, we're going to share a message entitled just simply forgiveness, forgiveness. And so while you're opening up there to your Bible, just a reminder, uh, be sure to go on our website to look up our prayer sheet so that uh, you can be up to date with uh, special needs right now that people are having. And we want to be faithful to pray for each other. And so you can see that on our website at ocbcministries.org. And then also uh, be praying about us opening back up for in-person worship. <clears throat> right now we're slotted to open back up on March the 7th. And uh, if there's any changes, I'll be sure to announce it for you so you know what's going on. <clears throat> But right now, we're going to continue to do uh, some uh, just online live stream uh, type of messages. <clears throat> so Psalm 130 in verse 1 says, Out of the depths I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord, uh, for with the Lord there is mercy and with him is plenteous redemption. He shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. So let's pray together. My Father, I, I pray that you would speak to us in a special way tonight. Uh, we really do want to hear from you, and certainly uh, this, this principle of forgiveness uh, is a, a great uh, um, uh, thought for us to uh, ponder tonight. Uh, not just in reference to the forgiveness of God towards us, uh, but uh, our ability to forgive others. And so, Lord, I pray that you would extend your grace and your mercy towards us as we study. Uh, you'd give us uh, wisdom, give us an understanding heart, and enable us, Lord, uh, to just glean a few truths that will help us in our Christian life. And so I pray there would be restored relationships. I pray there would be healing of the heart and uh, the emotions of the soul. I pray, Lord, there will be just great deliverance that we'll be able to experience because of understanding this concept of forgiveness. And so I pray for your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text verse is verse 4. It says, but there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Uh, what a great uh, promise, what a great truth that is presented to us in this matter of forgiveness. There is forgiveness with the Lord. There is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. And so this matter of fear does not to be afraid of, but the reverence and highly respect. Uh, and we do that because of the fact that the Lord has always forgiveness extended to us. In the Old Testament, 
The word forgiveness carries with it the idea to bear or to carry or to support or to endure. And so when we talk about the forgiveness of God towards us, it literally he has chosen to carry our burdens upon himself. And uh, certainly he has chosen uh, to be there to continually uh, to care for us in a special way. Why? But just simply because of the fact that he has forgiven us. And so it's a great principle that we can learn in our own personal lives in this matter of forgiveness and uh, bearing the reproach of others, uh, uh, being willing to carry the load and endure uh, just in a gracious way, uh, knowing that there is something greater that God wants to do and can do in our lives. So it's just interesting the word forgiveness in the Old Testament means to bear or to carry or to endure. Uh, the word forgiveness in the New Testament means uh, to let go, uh, just basically to give a release or to give up a debt. When you talk about God forgiving us, he let our sins go. You think about the fact that God forgave us uh, he released us from the debt of sin that we had in our life and uh, to give us everlasting life. And so I'm thankful for forgiveness, the concept in the New Testament of being able to experience that great release and the freedom to know that we can be right with God. An unknown author said this, resentment is like a glass of poison that a man drinks. And then he sits down and waits for his enemy to die. And oftentimes that's what happens. We have such bitterness and resentment <coughs> resentment in our life that uh, it, we think by us harboring those feelings and those uh, uh, character traits of uh, wanting to get even with someone that we're actually hurting them, but in reality we're only hurting ourselves. And so this matter of, of forgiveness is not something just to be enjoyed or experienced as a Christian, but it is something that we are to exercise uh, towards one another. In Ephesians chapter 4 and uh, verse 30, and uh, Paul deals with this whole concept of us being willing to forgive one another. In Ephesians 4 and verse uh, 30, it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. And then he states this, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one towards another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And so... That whole principle is laid out for us in this matter of being able to overcome bitterness and anger and clamor and evil speaking in our life uh, because of the release that we experience when we're willing to forgive the person uh, who has done us wrong. And so uh, we need to learn how to forgive. I was reading some uh, statistics, and they say, uh, according to the Mayo Clinic, they say there's benefits of uh, forgiving someone. What are the benefits uh, that you can enjoy by having a spirit 
of forgiveness. And they, they listed several, and I thought it was interesting. It's a secular organization. It's not a Christian organization, but it's just interesting the concepts that they come up with uh, really pattern uh, uh, how we, the benefits that we'll experience as a Christian. First of all, they say this, healthier relationships. And uh, certainly if there's, you're not going to have a very good relationship with people or with family uh, if you constantly just harbor this resentful, bitter spirit and attitude uh, towards others. And if you want to be able to develop and uh, a stronger, healthier relationships, then you need to learn how to forgive and be willing to uh, forgive. They say this, uh, if you'll be willing to forgive, uh, it'll give you improved mental health. And I read that and I thought, well, that's what's wrong with people then. <laughs> and mentally, they're off base. It's because they've got too much bitterness and anger, uh, unwillingness to forgive. Uh, their list goes on and says, if you'll forgive, you have less anxiety, stress, and hostility. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful that when you think of the Lord, when he forgives us, uh, he is not hostile towards us. He extends to us his grace and he extends to us his mercy. If we'll be willing to exercise this matter of forgiveness, then certainly anxiousness in our lives uh, will uh, just wane because of the fact that we're no longer harboring that bitter aggressive uh, spirit <coughs> towards others. They say it'll lower your blood pressure. Boy, I'll tell you what, maybe I need to do that, get my blood pressure down a little bit. Anyway, it's, uh, I don't have high blood pressure. Somebody's going to go out and say, pastor's got problems with high blood pressure. Um, and they say you have fewer symptoms of depression. Just being willing to deal with this whole thing of, um, of uh, forgiveness. And then they said a, a stronger immune system and improved heart health and improved self-esteem. I mean, it's just amazing to me to see this secular organization, uh, a medical group, uh, that has evaluated the response of people who have a willingness to forgive others how it impacts their life mentally, socially, uh, oh, um, uh, 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 I already said medically, so medically and socially, uh, in relationships or health-wise, whatever it may be, oh, uh, it does affect you. And so uh, I think it's a wise thing for us to consider this matter of forgiveness tonight. There is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. And you can almost feel the depth of the despair or anxiousness or need for God to do something in the life of the psalmist. Notice in verse 1, he says, Out of the depths I have cried unto thee, O Lord. And so uh, not being, willing, being willing to cry out to God, and uh, to, to know that the cry that you're, you're calling out to the Lord is coming from the deep, deep recesses of your soul. And so we see a, a spirit of despair that he has as he cries out to God. And then in, in verse 2, 
says, Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. And so not only is he aching and hurting down deep in his soul, but he's being willing to cry out to his God. And as he cries out to his God, he is desperately in need of God listening to his voice and answering his cry. And then we see in verse 3, it says, If thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who should stand? And so he's acknowledging if God's not going to forgive, if all God's going to do is, is write down our uh, offenses against him, then who can, who's going to be able to stand in the presence of God? And so this whole concept of forgiveness, whether it be forgiveness coming from the Lord or whether it be forgiveness that's coming from each of us towards someone else, uh, impacts our life in a great way. But yet it is something that seems to be so difficult and so hard to deal with. I know dealing with uh, marriage counseling oftentimes uh, to get a married couple just to acknowledge one or the other, to acknowledge, hey, I was wrong. Just to say, I was wrong, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? What a challenge it is to get them to do that. But beyond that is when there is a wrong, to have that spouse who's been wrong say, I forgive you. And then we turn around, we wonder why we have such stresses in our marital relationships and in our homes. We wonder why uh, there is a lack of freedom and joy in the homes. And it all revolves around this concept of forgiveness. And the greatest thing that you can do in your life is to forgive someone who has wronged you. And uh, I, I think it was Charles Stanley who said, forgiveness is me no longer holding against you the offense that you did against me. And basically that's what forgiveness is, releasing them. When God forgave us, he released us. He no longer holds against us uh, his wrath and his judgment for our iniquities because he forgave us. And so we need to learn how to forgive, need, need to understand some concepts about forgiveness. And I want to go through a few of them tonight as we look at the rest of the verses in uh, Psalm 130. Notice in uh, verse 4, uh, we see the person of forgiveness. It says, uh, there is forgiveness with thee. So he's identifying where does forgiveness start from, where does it come from. It is the Lord. So he says, there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. And so I see this matter of the person of forgiveness is uh, the exercise of grace. Uh, you cannot forgive somebody if you're not going to exercise grace. Grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. And when you talk about forgiveness, the individual may not deserve to be forgiven, but that's the exercise of grace. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And so when you talk about forgiveness, it always is exercised by grace. Because it's going to require of you to do something or give towards someone or release someone from the offense when they do not deserve to be released. But that's what grace is. 
And so if I want to be able to live my Christian life in a way that uh, was going to be liberating uh, and it's going to be maturing and growing in my relationship, my walk with God, uh, then it's going to have to be all of grace. And it, it's got not just God extending his favor towards me when I don't deserve it, but it's also me extending favor towards others when they don't deserve it. Uh, so that I might be wa able to walk in the freshness and the newness of the forgiveness of God in my life. And so uh, thinking of grace, the person of, of forgiveness is exercise of gra uh, an exercise of grace. But it's also this matter of an application of the blood. In uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, "...in whom we have redemption through his blood." even the forgiveness of sins. And so when you think about the sacrifice that Christ made, he died on Calvary, he shed his blood on Calvary, and he did that for the purpose of offering to us the forgiveness of our sins. And so the blood has to be applied. Uh, you know, we don't live in our own power and our own strength. Uh, we live in light of the sacrifice of Christ, not just for us, but the sacrifice of Christ for others. And so if I'm going to exercise grace, it's going to be through the blood that was shed. And the redemption, the atonement, uh, the deliverance, uh, the new life that we can have is all based on the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I see it's an exercise of grace. It's an application of the blood. But when that takes place, it's the removal of iniquities. Removal of iniquities. In Psalm 103 and 3 says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Now, that's an all-encompassing experience that we have with faith in Christ. Because of the fact that God forgives, he doesn't hold against us any of our iniquities that we have committed, any of our sins. He does not hold it against us uh, because he has extended grace through his blood that was shed on Calvary. And he heals all of our diseases. And that's why you can read something like what the Mayo Clinic put out and talking about healthier relationships, health, uh, healthier mental health, uh, lower blood pressure, all these different types of physical experience and emotional experiences that we uh, have in our life just based on the fact of having a spirit of forgiveness. Why? Because that's how the forgiveness of God works in our life. The forgiveness of God uh, removes all of our iniquities. The forgiveness of God heals all of our diseases. And uh, there is, listen, there is nobody that's more miserable than someone who claims to be a Christian but absolutely will not forgive anybody else. Oh, we want to enjoy the forgiveness of God. Oh, God forgives us of all of our sins, and we want to acknowledge that. But when it comes to forgiving someone else, then that's a whole totally different picture. 
And then we wonder why we have a bad spirit and a bad attitude and why we can't seem to get along with people. And we wonder why uh, oftentimes there's problems and difficulties within the church. And it's all because of the fact that we're not willing to turn to the person who gives us forgiveness that enables us to forgive others, and that's Jesus Christ. Take a break there. Amen. All right. We'll get into the second point. Not only is the person of forgiveness, but in verse 5 and 6 of our text, we see the power of forgiveness. Notice in verse 5, it says, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. And in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say, more than they that watch for the morning. And so the power of forgiveness. You know, in Luke chapter 5 and verse 24, says, but that ye may know, this is Jesus getting ready to heal the paraplegic man, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. See, that's a phrase I want us to think about. That you may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thy house. And so the power of forgiveness. And uh, I see several things in this paraplegic's life that he experiences when Jesus heals him to show that he had power to forgive sins on this earth. I see, first of all, Jesus tells him, I say unto thee, arise. And so there was a release of the bondage that he was in. This man was paraplegic. Uh, he had no strength in his legs or arms to move about. Uh, he was on his couch or bed or stretcher, whatever you would want to call it, uh, as he is on there, he did not have the freedom to get up and move around and do as he would please or as he would desire. <laughs> Why? Because he was bound in his condition and uh, he needed to be released from that bondage. And, uh, and the amazing thing is this, Jesus releases him from that bondage because he tells him, thy sins be forgiven thee. There is power in this matter of forgiveness that it releases those that are in bondage. Many a person lives a life of bondage. They can't get along with other people. They can't interact with other people. They have no joy of living their life. And it's all because they are bound up, bound up uh, with resentment and anger and bitterness and the only way they can get rid of that and the only way they can be released from that bondage is by the power of forgiveness. And so he says, I say unto thee, arise. But then he goes on and says, take up thy couch. So not only does the power of forgiveness release the bondage, but it redirects your life. This man was bound on his couch or on his uh, stretcher. Uh, and uh, when he was healed, his sins were forgiven him. But now Jesus tells him to rise up and, and take his couch. His life is now redirected. This man will never be the same. 
This man will never be in bondage again. Uh, this man will be able to live a life that was totally, completely different from the life that he uh, was bound to uh, as he was paralyzed. Uh, why? Because the power of forgiveness is it, it, it can redirect your life. And uh, there is nothing, listen, there is nothing more liberating in a person's life than to be able to look at somebody that has done you wrong and say to them, I forgive you. And when I say I forgive you, I literally mean I'm no longer holding anything against you. And when, you, when that takes place in your life, all of a sudden your life is directed in a different path and in a different spirit and a different attitude. I know because I've experienced this. And we need to experience the power of the forgiveness of God not just in our life to be saved and be forgiven, to be able to know that we're going to heaven, but the power of the forgiveness of God that works in our life that will redirect our spirit and redirect our relationships. And listen, I've seen people, their marriages are ruined because one or the other or both of them just get a bad spirit, a bad attitude. Uh, they will not offer forgiveness, they will not receive forgiveness, and, and their life is in shambles. Uh, why? Because they need their life redirected through the power of forgiveness. And so I see he releases the bondage. He said, arise. It redirects your life. He told him, pick up your couch. But then it restores relationships because he said, go into thy house in relationships that he had. The relationships he had before he was healed will never be the same that he has after he's healed. Before he was healed, everyone would have to care for him and would have to make sure every need that he had would be taken care of. And who knows what the spirit and the attitude was of the family or relationships that they had in trying to care for this man, what, what frictions, what uh, stresses that were there, but that's all gone now. Th that, those relationships are all restored now. Why? Because he has been completely healed and he has been completely released from his bondage. He has a completely new life. How? Through the power of forgiveness. Jesus said, thy sins be forgiven thee. And they questioned him, and he says, all right, I want to show you, just so you know that the Son of Man hath power to forgive sins on the earth. He tells the man, arise, take up your couch, and go to your house. And so the power of forgiveness restores relationships. So I see not only do we have the person of forgiveness and the power of forgiveness, but in verse 7, I see the performance of forgiveness. Notice in verse 7, it says, Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And so the performance of forgiveness, notice first of all, it's reciprocal, reciprocal. Because it says, Let Israel hope in the Lord, 
For with the Lord there is mercy. In other words, what is coming from God to Israel, Israel will offer back to the Lord, but not just that, but towards one another. In Mark chapter 11 and verse 25, says, When ye stand praying, forgive. And I think sometimes we need to be reminded that when we go to God in prayer, we need to have a spirit of forgiveness. We cannot be harboring resentment and bitterness towards one another. He says, when you stand praying, forgive. If you have all against any, didn't say some, it said any. If you have all against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. And so it's reciprocal. In other words, God forgives us so that we can forgive others. And if we expect God to forgive us of our iniquities and our sinfulness, then why in the world can't we be willing to forgive others also? And so it's reciprocal. And uh, if, if you want the forgiveness of God to manifest itself in your life in a powerful, life-changing way, then you need to be willing to forgive others also. And if you come to the altar with your gift and you remember you have all, then leave your gift at the altar and go and get right with your brother or sister in Christ. And so I see the performance of forgiveness. It's reciprocal. But it's also very practical because... He tells us there is mercy with him is plenteous redemption. A very practical, this is a practical thing uh, about forgiveness. In uh, Luke 17, 3, it says, Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if re he repent, forgive him. And uh, we, we, we like to say, well, you know, you need to get right with God. And we like to rebuke people. But when they do get right with God, we're not willing to forgive them for their wrongs. We're not willing to forgive them for their offenses. And so it's very practical. How can I maintain a good spirit in my heart? How can I maintain proper relationships with others? There's only one way that I can do that, and I've got to have a spirit of forgiveness. Because of the fact that God has forgiven me, then I can also forgive others. And not only is it reciprocal and practical, but I see that this matter of forgiveness is perpetual. In other words, it goes on. And now, um, Luke 17, 4 says, And if he trespass against thee seven times a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Uh, that's an amazing statement because Jesus is confronting his disciples with this perpetual spirit of forgiveness. Let me ask you something. How many times does God forgive you? 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgive our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It didn't say if we confess only in two times a day. It didn't say, well, if you confess 50 times a week. It just said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just 
to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that is a perpetual offering of forgiveness that comes to us as we acknowledge our need to get right with God. And so if our brothers and sisters in Christ come to us and they acknowledge, hey, I've, I, I've sinned and I repent of my sin, that it doesn't matter how many times they come to you, you forgive them. You don't say, well, I forgave you before and so I'm just going to going to keep a note here and just make sure I keep you where in line in line where you need to be. No, God doesn't do that with us. So, so what right do we have to do that with someone else? And so it's perpetual. God keeps forgiving us. We need to be willing to keep forgiving others. Then I see the potential of forgiveness in verse 8. It says, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. It's the forgiveness of God that gives the ability for Israel to be redeemed from all of its iniquities. So there's potential in uh, Luke 23 and verse 34, when Jesus is hanging on the cross, he said, then said, Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And so very interesting statement because Jesus is hanging on the cross and he's asking his father for, to forgive those who have hung him on the cross simply because they don't know what they have done. So I see, first of all, when you think about the potential of forgiveness, there is the potential to reconcile the offender. Every one of them standing at the foot of the cross had an opportunity to be reconciled unto God. Uh, God was offering, Jesus cried for his Father to offer to them forgiveness for the offense that they had done against him. All they had to do was repent of their sin and acknowledge their offense and cry out as the psalmist does in this psalm for God to extend forgiveness towards them and God would have forgiven them. Why? Because God is in the business of reconciling the offender. And I'm, thank I'm thankful tonight that God will reconcile me uh, when I cry out for his forgiveness. And so the potential is my walk with God, my relationship with God uh, can be more powerful every day. It can be more enjoyable day by day. It can be life-changing day by day. And it can be uh, uh, life experiences day by day. In other words, relationships that I can build. I don't have to uh, be offended all the time. I don't want to be an offense. Uh, but I need to be willing to forgive the offender. So he, he, re he reconciles the offender. I see in this statement also that he restores the ignorant. He says, for they know not what they do. Restore the ignorant. You know, over the years, I, there's been things that people have gotten mad at me about. And uh, I know you can't imagine that, that somebody would be mad at me, but I'm such a nice, meek, and quiet spirit and loving person. But anyway, oh, uh, I, people have been mad at me about things that I didn't even know they were mad about. And uh, I was ignorant to what was going on. I was ignorant to what I did. 
You do understand that those that crucified Christ thought they were doing a justice. They were ignorant of what they were doing. But yet Jesus is crying out for his father to forgive them. Why? Because they don't know what they're doing. They're ignorant. And I'm thankful that I didn't know what my life was without Christ. I didn't completely comprehend and understand why, why it is that Jesus died on the cross. He's there because of my sin. I, did, I was ignorant of all that. But when I heard the gospel and I heard what Jesus did and I heard the offering of forgiveness that was extended to me, I responded in my ignorance and called out to the Lord and asked for his forgiveness. And I, and I think we need to treat each other that way. We need to realize that many times people don't even know what they've done to be an offense to you. And don't, don't carry your emotions on your sleeve. You know, when we were kids, you used to put a chip on our shoulder. You know, you'd somebody, you get in an argument, so you put a chip on your shoulder and say, go ahead, knock it off, knock it off. They knock it off, and then you get another chip and put it on the other side because you're a chicken to get into a fight. But anyway, oh, uh, where was I going with that? I forget where I was going with that. But that's what we do. We walk around with a chip on our shoulders. We walk around almost like we're daring people, go ahead, offend me. I'll tell you one thing right now, you're, you're not going to offend me. Uh, no, we need to get under the grace of God and the mercy of God and acknowledge that there is forgiveness of God. And if God is willing to forgive us in our ignorance, then why can't we forgive others in their ignorance? And so I see it reconciles the potential forgiveness. It reconciles the offender. It restores the ignorant but it repairs the breach. In other words, there was a great breach. There was a great uh, chasm, if you will, a great void between us and God. But Jesus Christ offering forgiveness for all of mankind bridged that gap. He, he, he made a way to get across the breach so that we could get in fellowship with God. And how was that? That was through his forgiveness. And if, if there's going to be any way that relationships can be repaired, relationships can be restored, reconciliation can be experienced, it is only going to come about through the forgiveness of God in our hearts that we extend to others. And I don't care how big the schism is, the forgiveness of God has the potential to repair the breach that's been made. And so the potential for forgiveness. You say, I've tried to get right. Somebody was, I was offended by and there was a problem and they just won't get things right. They won't talk to me. Well, you can't, listen, my dad always used to say you, can't lead, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And I cannot get somebody to respond in a positive scriptural way uh, in their life, but I do not have to be bound up with a bitter, angry spirit on me because of the fact that I'm not willing to forgive that person. The reality is you can forgive that person and they may not respond to you, but they're the one that's going to suffer, not you. But you'll suffer if you hold that bitterness in your own heart. And so we need to repair, repair the breach 
that has been made through the potential of forgiveness. Uh, Henry Ward Beecher said this, I can forgive, but I cannot forget, is only another way of saying I will not forgive. Forgiveness ought to be like a canceled note torn in two and burned up so that it never can be shown against anyone again. So the, the reality is this, people, have, and I've had people say that over the years. I've had people say, well, I can forgive, but I can't forget. Well, then you didn't forgive. Because when you forgive, you're not holding the offense against the person anymore. You're not going to bring it up. You know, it's always interesting couples, <laughs> you know, over 20 years uh, marriage or whatever, and, uh, you know, they say things to each other that's unkind at different times. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, 20 years go by, and I mean all oh, that wife, she can bring up something that the husband said 20 years ago, word for word. And they can't understand why the marriage is struggling. The marriage is struggling because you didn't forgive them for that offense. Uh, the husband will do the same thing. I remember when you did this or you said that. And uh, what are we doing? We're storing up weapons to tear down and destroy the relationships that God wants us to enjoy. And if we're not willing to say, I was wrong and I forgive you, and you say, I accept the forgiveness, I forgive you, please forgive me, whatever it is. If we're not willing to do that, there's no way that we're going to be able to experience the potential power of the ability of God to forgive in our lives. And I, I think this matter of forgiveness is just a, a, a struggle and a problem where people just will not be willing to forgive one another. There'd be less people leave the church. There'd be less marriages that would be ruined. There'd be less children that are wayward if we could just learn how to forgive one another as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. An unknown author said this, Forgiveness is me giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. And so forgiveness is, for, is, is the ability just simply to say this, I might have a right to hurt you because you hurt me. But forgiveness is me giving up that right. Why? Because God gave up his right to pour his wrath on this poor sinner because Jesus Christ hanging on the cross said, Father, forgive him for he knows not what he do. Now, I want you to know tonight, this psalm is a great psalm because it outlines for us the potential and the power and the person of forgiveness in our life. And our text verse says, but there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. And I believe God's going to be reverenced and God's going to be feared more if we could experience and live out the forgiveness of God. Well, let's pray, and I'll just have one announcement before we uh, turn off the live stream. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together tonight, be able to study the word. 
this is a powerful word, forgiveness. It's a life-changing word, forgiveness. And so I pray the Spirit of God will impress upon our hearts uh, who needs to be forgiven, uh, what we can do to offer forgiveness. Uh, Lord, I pray that there would be uh, a, a just an anointing and move of God that comes on our hearts, comes on our lives, that we might be able to restore unto us the joy of our salvation. And Lord, that we might not be distressed and distraught with all these things in life, but we might be able to walk in close fellowship with a God who loves us, who by grace has saved us, and with his mercy has forgiven us, and God, we, are, we, we our desire, our desire tonight is to live in that realm of that relationship with the Holy God. And so bless us now, I pray in Jesus' name, Amen.